It's all about the gift, right? That is, if the gift is right. But have you ever gotten the gift wrong? Or gotten the wrong gift? You know, Cheryl was telling me about a gift that she received once when she was a little girl. What she wanted was a baby magic doll. But what she got was baby boo. Baby Magic would hold and drink from her own bottle and then she would cry real tears. They actually built in tear ducts. She was light sensitive so that, that when the light was on she would cry until you covered her up or wrapped a blanket around her. And she would hold up her arms for little girls to pick her up. Now, Baby Boo was similar she was also light sensitive she would cry when the lights came on and she would stop crying when you covered her up or wrapped her up in a blanket and she her eyes opened and closed but her eyes only opened and closed when you picked her up or laid her down she was a baby that did some of the things that baby magic did but only some Yes, Cheryl wanted a baby magic. Baby Boo was a counterfeit baby magic. For me, I remember wanting this racetrack. You know, at this point, I can't even tell you who made it or what it looked like, but I didn't get it. Oh, I, I got a racetrack, and, and it was a counterfeit racetrack. I played with it, and I acted excited, but really, I was disappointed have you ever received a counterfeit gift I mean what you asked for was a brand name super toy and what you got was a generic toy that would forever remind you that you missed out on the real thing we should give ourselves a pity party right now sometimes generic is good right I mean it can be a generic medication is so much cheaper than the real thing but I wonder sometimes if it really does the same thing. I know I won't buy generic Excedrin if I can help it. No counterfeit Excedrin for me. Um, honestly, I've tried it, and trust me, it's not the same. It says right there on the bottle, compare to Excedrin, and, and even on that same label, it lists the exact same ingredients. But it doesn't work the same. Counterfeit anything is not the same thing. When I go to a restaurant, they invariably ask me what I would like to drink. And, and if I say, I would like a Coke, and they say, is Pepsi okay? No. <laughs> Can I pay for it with counterfeit money? No. Pepsi is not the same thing as Coke. Stop trying to refer to it as if it was. And counterfeit Oreos don't even get me started on that. And then there's cats and dogs. I'm telling you, a dog is the real thing. A cat's just a counterfeit dog. A dog is baby magic. A cat is just baby boo. 
But you know what, kids, they, they just get really excited about the gift, don't they? Have you ever watched them when the advertisements come in? I mean, when we were young, we had the catalog, you know, from Sears or something. And we open it up and they start looking through there and they imagine themselves playing with that very special gift. They've anticipated it. Oh, not baby boo, but baby magic. The real thing so when I grew up and I had kids of my own and, and Aria wanted a pink Barbie Ferrari and right next to it on the shelf was a pink generic Corvette for a third of the price, <laughs> what do you think I got my little girl? The pink Corvette. I'm not made of money. Ah, <laughs> oh, trying to be a good gift giver sometimes is hard. And we have to think about the ultimate gift giver. John 3.16, it starts out like this. For God so loved the world that he gave. You see, God is the ultimate gift giver. Scripture tells us that every good gift comes from the Lord. But this gift, his one and only son, there's always been anticipation about any gift, but this gift, there was a lot of anticipation about the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior. Centuries of prophets had predicted his birth, and here are just some of the prophecies that were predicted about Jesus. He was to be the seed of a woman. He'll be born of a virgin, but he'll be the son of God. So we look at Luke 1, starting in chapter, in verse 26. And here we go. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and we be, will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary, asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And then in verse 38, it says, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. Three prophecies fulfilled just like that. Other things had to happen too though. He had to have a specific lineage. And you think that that's easy, but that's really hard. He had to be the son of Abraham. Abraham had two sons. So it had to be just the one son. It had to be Isaac. Isaac had two sons. It had to be the right son. It had to be Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons. 
So 11 of them are eliminated. It had to be the correct son. It had to be Judah. On down the line, it had to be Jesse. And Jesse had eight sons. It had to be David. And in the book of Matthew, in the book of Luke, we have a list of Jesus' genealogy that confirms all the must-haves of his lineage. There's more. He had to be born in Bethlehem. In Micah 5.2 it says, But you, Bethlehem Ephratah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. <laughs> born in Bethlehem, what a crazy set of circumstances that was. You see, Mary and Joseph, they lived in Nazareth. But because of the census, they had to go to Bethlehem. They had to go from here almost to Indianapolis on foot. And at a very inconvenient time, I might add, because Mary was about to give birth. But they had no choice. They had to go. The Messiah was to be presented with gifts. In Matthew 2.11, it tells of the Magi from the east. It says, on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And just like that, another prophecy is fulfilled. And then when the Magi leave, an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, get up, you gotta get out of here. You've got to go to Egypt because Herod is going to try to kill Jesus. And the murder of the innocent was also prophesied. Jeremiah 31 15 says, This is what the Lord says A voice is heard in Ramah, mourning and great weeping, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted because they are no more. You see, after talking with the Magi, King Herod set out to murder all the male children two years and younger in and around Bethlehem because he was threatened by the Messiah who was foretold to be a great king. So, Jesus, Mary, Joseph, they're all in Egypt, safe and sound until the angel tells them that it is actually safe to return. What a coincidence that Jesus just happened to be in Egypt. Because in Hosea 11 it says, And out of Egypt I called my son. There's another prophecy to check off the list. But wait. So, so then Joseph returns with Mary and Jesus, of course, to Judah. But because Herod's son is ruling there, he thought it would be safer if he went to Galilee, to Nazareth. And in Matthew 2.23, it says, And he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. Now let's recap for a minute. Seed of a virgin, uh, seed of a woman, born of a virgin, son of God, son of Abraham, son of Isaac, son of Jacob, son of Judah, son of Jesse, then David. And the Messiah had to line up to that. Because of some strange twist, he was born in Bethlehem, which, by the way, means house of bread. And as Nate talked earlier, uh, brought forth the bread of life. 
Then he escaped to Egypt, came out of Egypt, and another strange twist lands him up in Galilee, in Nazareth. <laughs> All of this with him having absolutely nothing to say about it. You see, down through history, God has provided us a road map. He foretold various signs and conditions through his prophets who spoke of what mankind should watch for so that when the Messiah actually came, he would be recognized and believed. These signs or prophecies were given to us in the Old Testament, written before Jesus was born. The Old Testament was completed in 450 B.C., and it contains over 300 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled through his birth, life, death, and resurrection. <laughs> Mathematically speaking, the odds of anyone fulfilling that amount of prophecy are staggering. Mathematicians put it this way, one person fulfilling eight prophecies, and that was done at his birth and more, are one in 100 quadrillion. I had to look up what that number actually was. One person fulfilling 48 prophecies is one chance in 10 to the 157th power. You would grow old before you wrote down all of those zeros. One, per person, one person fulfilling 300 plus prophecies, only Jesus. Jesus is the real deal, the genuine article, the perfect gift. Are there counterfeits? Of course there are. There have always been counterfeits. In Jesus' time, there were others who claimed to be the anointed one. And by the way, that's what the Christ, the Messiah means. But they all came to nothing. There have always been counterfeits and substitutes for the real thing idols, kings and queens, legends and gods, gods beginning with little g's. Today there are still various others, legends, prophets, teachers and gods still beginning with small g's. We have added to that some other things as well. Nate talked about them already. Money, fame, power, success, sex, Drugs, entertainment, self. I'm sure I could think of a lot more. The point is, they are all counterfeit. They are all a substitute for the real thing, Jesus. You know, as, as we go through this season of Christmas, we need to remember that it's about a real gift, a real person, a real God and Savior. Because God so loved the world that he gave. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to tell you this morning that we thank you. We thank you for gifts that are so, so beyond our understanding that we're left breathless sometimes. Father, we want to thank you for the real gift of Jesus. We want to thank you, Father, that you saw that we couldn't do what needed to, to happen in our lives. We couldn't make it happen. We couldn't manipulate anything. 
to give ourselves what we needed, but you provided that in your son Jesus the real gift, the real thing, the real person, the real God, the real Savior, Jesus Christ. Father, this morning as we, we come to you in prayer, in word, in body, in soul, in mind, in spirit, we want to worship you. We want to lift up your name. We want to give you everything that you deserve, at least what we are capable of. Father, we thank you again for loving us in a way that we don't deserve. We want to thank you for this time that we remember the miraculous birth of Emmanuel, God with us. We give you ourselves this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.